0: Using profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome back to Helen Heels Podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. And welcome to our two-year podversary. Happy Halloween. Oh, I thought you were gonna say happy podversary and you didn't. Oh. Happy Podversary. Yes, it's also our Halloween episode because mm-hmm. why wouldn't we release our first one on Halloween? I mean, really. So. I mean, logically speaking, we, we did the best move. But hi, welcome. How have you been? I'm good. Um, Well, I have a complaint. Oh,
1: okay. Um, I'm here for you. I'm listening. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know how I have this little shithead dog named Maisie? I've heard of her. Yeah, okay. Well, today, today, I'm over here just finishing up, like, re- reviewing my notes, making sure everything's all where it needs to be and i had our back door open so the dogs could go in and out and they could stop freaking bugging me because they were bugging the shit out of me so she had come in here laid down for a little bit gone back outside done her thing after a little bit i was like oh i should probably go close the the back door i'm sure we're getting bugs in the house and that's not my favorite but whatever sacrifices for the dogs i should probably just get a doggy door
1: but put it on the to-do list
0: So, I go outside. I don't see Maisie out there. So, I'm like, oh, I must have missed her in the house. I wasn't actually looking that hard. But I go outside, don't see Maisie. I turn around, close the door, walk back in, expecting her to meet me at the baby gate that blocks Mm -hmm. her from the cat food. Because that leads to the back door. She's not there. So, I walk around the house. She's not fucking there.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So, I'm like, where the hell is this? Did I miss her outside? What's happening? So I go back outside, I'm looking for her again, and then I realize our back fence was open.
1: <gasps> no.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know how it was open. That's something that both Cody and I normally actively close, but I did not check it when I let them out like I normally do. Because normally when I let them out, I'll just peek my head out, make sure it's, it's locked, and then we're good to go. I didn't do that. I didn't think about it because Cody had let them out this morning. He hasn't gone out the back door today. Instant panic. I went outside without shoes, like, oh, my God, I hope she's close. Um, She was close. She was across the street sniffing around at the neighbor's yard. (sighs) Okay.
1: But I'm still upset with her. That was today? That was today. It must be something in the air. um, Because usually we get out, like, our complaints and stuff. Before we start um, recording, but that reminded me that my dog also, thank you, babe, got out yesterday. Buck got out. Damn. He just escaped and was like, bye, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to leave, uh, because we had Jack this weekend. He wasn't feeling good and we don't have well, we had children's Tylenol, but it was expired. So I was gonna take Annie while James cooked to Walmart to grab some, come right back. For whatever reason, I, I think it was because he was anxious. Um Jack might have come up behind him. I know James was in the kitchen and we use the the side door, the kitchen door. We don't use the front door. Me and Annie were going outside and Buck just like barrels past us and takes off and so I'm like oh shit. Okay, put the toddler back in the house. Let's go get the dog. And he was in the neighbor's yard like he took a ridiculously long pee. Like he sniffed around for a really long time and apparently he just really had to coat this tree. So, I'm almost to him and then He just takes off. So I go back to the house and luckily he was just kind of like circling the neighborhood. He didn't actually run off. But yeah, he was so. As I'm trying to get him, like I come back in with the kids and James goes outside and we're like frustrated. With each other because of the
0: situation. Yeah. Yeah. They're taking your frustrations about the situation out on each other.
1: Yes. So we were not communicating well um he's chasing the dog I go back inside I grab the treats I walk out on the back porch because that's what James said he's like he's right over here and he walks around the house I just grab the treat bag walk out on the back porch shake it open the deck the gate to the back deck and buck just comes right on up so thank god that he didn't want to be a complete jerk but I don't appreciate all of the dog shenanigans this weekend
0: do you see? I don't know what's in the air then because granted Maisie, I didn't have to chase like it was I went out and I found her immediately, even though I mm-hmm. was like, oh, my God, she's little and we're on a busy street like I don't need trauma right now. Yes. So it was all fine. We didn't have trauma. She's fine. She's. I don't know where she is.
1: <laughs> she's in the house, though. She should be because the back At the door very is least, She's on the property.
0: She's in the house because the back door is <laughs> closed. So everyone's inside. Even the cat is inside. <laughs> Granted, the cat has become my recording buddy lately. So normally while I'm listening to Amanda's story, I've been fucking with the cat and she hates it. But she still comes back for more. So she must like it to some extent. She cat hates it. Yeah. She, it's more of like a reputation thing. I'm ruining her reputation, but she secretly <laughs> loves it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my complaint. Um that was my adventure today. So now we're going to move on and just be so happy for our podversary episode. Okay, I am excited. Speaking of I'm our podversary. I'm excited about my
1: story as well. Are you excited about yours?
0: Yes. But speaking about our podversary, mm-hmm. I just very important question and I'm going to put you on the spot. What's been your favorite episode? I'm, Shit. I'm getting a blank. <laughs> um I literally unfiltered it so that you could go in and see everything, scroll through, or what's been maybe your favorite story to cover.
1: Oh, why would you do this to me? (laughs) Because you planned this shit. I did. I did actually. I planned this. Okay, you tell me yours, and then so I'll catch up.
0: I can't remember. I know there's been a lot of really good, really good episodes, but one of my favorite ones to do research on. uh, It was kind of a two part for me, but it was. Skinwalkers and Skinwalker Ranch, and that might have just been a favorite for me because it's like right around the corner, like a hop, skip, and step away, or whatever the saying is. You know, hop, it's right skip there. Jump, hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say hop, skip, and a stone, and I was like, it is not stone. <laughs> it's a stone throw away. But anyways, that might have been my favorite one to research. Um, to hear about, I don't know. There's been a lot of really good ones. Maybe one of my the favorite ones to hear about, and maybe this is because it wasn't actually a true crime; it was your survivor story, which I can't remember her name now. Um, what was her name? Oh my god, you put me on the spot. Uh, it starts with a J. I'll find it. I'll find it. You, you okay, don't worry okay. about what I'm doing. Julianne. Uh, Julianne. Yeah, Julianne Kopka. I, I we, knew it was in here. We found it at the same time. <laughs> but I think that might have been one of my favorites to hear about.
1: Uh, my favorite to research was, and I'm going all the way back to the very beginning, the Crichton Leprechaun, just because that's just such a favorite for Mobile. We will never let him die. But my favorite one to hear about, um, that's a hard one. It, I don't think it's just one. I think it's the games that you cover. I like. I love all of the games. The tag... I really like that one. Dead Man's Tag? Yes, I really like that one. But also, Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board, because that's just all of our childhood. And that's what
0: got us grounded, by the way, guys. Yeah. I assume we're still grounded at this point. Dad, let us know. Uh, Oh, I assumed I never was. Never was grounded or never was ungrounded?
1: (laughs) Never was grounded. Like,
0: I heard the words, but they just
1: didn't sink in. You might be grounded. You just aren't following the rules. Yeah. I mean, ask my ask my actual dad. That's nothing new. I'm
0: sure my actual dad says the same thing because he knows I'm not following the rules. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we're grounded until what was it? Until we can uh, fo- follow directions.
1: Do as oh. we're told. Some bullshit like that. I don't know. Well, then I've just been grounded since conception, I guess. Because <laughs> yeah, ain't, that ain't me. I had
0: one more thing I was going to show you, and it's oh. not in this room. Uh-oh. Give me one second. Okay, I'll eat some rice. Some delicious, delicious fried rice and bao. I'm very happy. Okay, so I do have one more thing that I'm excited about. I don't know if anyone else is really excited about it, but because it is spooky season, and when you guys hear this, it's Halloween, I went and got myself some some stuff. Granted, it was off of a gift card. But it was a gift card from my work and I use those how I want. And so I bought me Finger. fancy books. Oh, fancy books! But Ooh. hold on. It's Frankenstein and Dracula fancy books.
1: I love when they do this.
0: Oh, they're so pretty.
1: I have an Edgar Allan Poe one and <laughs> I have one. And then a friend bought me one as a gift. So I have two of the exact same ones. Don't even care. I love them
0: both. Oh, I don't blame you. I'd be fine with it too. I just was really excited because I've got my, and they may not be hardcover, but they're still the fancy leather bound.
1: Well, I was looking at that when you turned them around. I saw it. I kind of like the leather. Yeah. So It smells so good. Smell it. Do it right now.
0: Yeah, it does. It smells so good. And I realized when I bought them, I don't think I've ever read either the original Frankenstein or the original Dracula. So now I have the books. And I started Frankenstein last night. And do you love it so far? Um, I'm having to get used to the language because I've got to remember uh. this was written in 1818.
1: Mm-hmm. And so it's taking me a second, and I've only gotten ten pages in. It's like when you start reading like Shakespeare or or uh, I was trying to think of or like Charles Dickens isn't as bad, but like when you yeah. read the old school authors, you have to like put your put your college brain back inside your head. It just second. it.
0: It just took me a minute to be like, okay, hold on. Wait, this is different. Vernacular. Yeah. Than what I'm used to. And yeah. so um, I was getting into it last night, but I was really tired. So I was like, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm going cross-eyed. Cody and I had gone to the gym <laughs> and then taken the dogs on the on a walk. And I was just like, I'm tired.
1: Oh, you were over it. You were gone.
0: Yeah. So the fact that I was trying to read was pretty impressive as a whole. <laughs> but I was really excited because I was like, oh, my gosh. I've got fancy covers and I'm not, I haven't read these books. So I'm going to read them now. I'll let you know
1: when I finish them. Thank you. I'm excited for you. Have you read the originals of them? I haven't. I haven't. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, now you know. And also,
0: even better is that these books were not crazy expensive, even though they're fancy. They were only $15 a piece. Oh, that's not bad at all. That's like your typical book price.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially for, because they're big. Yeah. They're not small books.
0: Well, Frankenstein's pretty small. Frankenstein's not large. Eh, I'd say it's like, what, eight and a half by 11-ish? Well, no. eleven's way too big. Maybe eight by five or six. Okay. Eh, standard book size. Standard book size. Okay. And size of the book page lengthwise is not very big on Frankenstein. Uh, Dracula is a little bit bigger, but Dracula is a lot a bit bigger. A lot a bit bigger. It's a little intimidating to me, honestly, because it's... I know it's going to be the the same thing with the... I don't remember what year this was written, but like the vernacular. Yeah. No, it's going to be the same thing. And that makes me a little anxious to have... How many pages? Uh, almost 400 pages of that versus... 200 pages in Frankenstein. That's why I started with Frankenstein, in case you're wondering.
1: Well, that and Frankenstein will kind of ease you into it, too. Yeah.
0: So that's kind of my hope is that I can read those two um, before at least one of them before Halloween. Granted, you guys are hearing this on Halloween. So you might not know any updates until Christmas.
1: Perfect.
0: (laughs) And then in that episode, I'll let you know what Christmas book I'm reading.
1: (laughs) And you but, hear about that in February.
0: Yeah, so you know it's fine. Actually, no, they'll we'll probably be caught up in about January. So, <laughs> anyways, that was the other thing I wanted to show you. Um, but yeah, how are you? How's everything for you?
1: Pretty good. Um, like I said, we had Jack this weekend. Uh, we oh, we were really good parents. We taught him how to gamble. Um, Might as well. We, I mean, 10's a good age, right? This is the South. He's he's behind times. Start him young. Yeah. So now he's got a BB gun, a slingshot, and he knows how to play poker. So we're good to go. Did you also teach him a poker face? He, I explained it. Like we we started in little pieces. So we started and I, I pulled up on my phone like, okay, this is what you're looking for. You know, like. Flush, straight flush, all of this. And I was like, don't even look for a royal flush. It's never going to happen. If it does, like, you need to go buy a lottery ticket. But Mm -hmm. look for these, look for these numbers, look for pairs, explain to him all that stuff. And then um, as we went through the game, we we would let him play his own hand. But then if he decided to fold, once we got done with the hand, we would all show our hands. And we would be like, okay, this was... This was good because of this, or hey, you could have played all the way through, or like, hey, look, you had a pair, you would have won this. So just explaining to him the game, and we did explain the poker face, and he did pretty good at it, actually, because he does not have a poker face in Uno, I will tell you that much. Okay. So
0: he's got apparently a gambling poker face, but not an Uno poker face.
1: Yes. When we bring the chips out, that's when the poker face comes out, I guess. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I
0: will say he knows more about gambling than I do. I'm not good at it. (laughs) I'm like, what am I looking for again? A what?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can we We, just play uh, Uno? I don't know what's happening. (laughs) See, I love poker. That's like a family tradition is like if you hang out enough on the holidays, like if you... If you hang out like for the entire time when most of the family goes home and everybody's just hanging out and drinking and eating too much food at this point, that's when we pull out the this huge coffee can of pennies and we just play penny poker all night. So that's kind of like what I grew up doing. So I just love it.
0: No, my family now plays um, golf, card game, instead of gambling.
1: Golf, the card game. Uh-huh. I've never heard of it. You gotta throw
0: quarters at someone if you're upset. I gotta Google
1: this. How many decks (laughs) of cards do I need? Because I only have three. You just need one, depending on the amount of people. Golf card game. I found it on Wikipedia. You try to earn the lowest number of points over the course of nine deals.
0: Yeah, but I don't know if it's the same setup. Let me look.
1: It doesn't say anything about throwing quarters at people, so I don't trust it.
0: Well, I mean, that's maybe a family rule. Oh, well, I appreciate it already. Oh, so, just just to give you the insight on this. Golf, you have six cards in front of you. And they're all face down when you start playing. Um, and everyone, you have like your buy-in, which is, I can't remember, two or three dollars per person for your buy-in. And then you also have a stack of nine quarters. So every round, someone wins a quarter. And basically, the first person, they can flip two cards. And reveal what those cards are. And your goal is to zero out or get the lowest amount of points. And so, like, two numbers of the same stacked on top of each other cancel each other out. So, like, if you have a 10 and a 10, it zeroes each other out. But they have to be one over another. It can't be one in one corner, one of the other. Okay. So, your whole goal is to go around and you're trying to do that. But then the first person that goes out... Once they go out, everyone has a final turn, flips the remaining of their cards, and all that fun stuff. So yeah, we we do golf. Uh, My family, when we get upset, we huck. I shouldn't even say huck. It's more we slightly more aggressively throw the quarters at whoever won. I like it. Mm
1: -hmm. So I like this. Yeah, it sounds like healthy family bonding. Something like that. (laughs) Um. But yeah, so we don't
0: we don't gamble in my house. At least not with like. Texas, hold them.
1: Mm-hmm. We do golf. I guess we just gamble. <laughs> like I said, this is the South, though. If we lived further up, we would throw quarters at each other. If you lived more to the West, you'd throw quarters at each other? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> well, are you ready for a story? I am. I am excited for this story. Well, before that, do you want to
0: talk about Instagram, Twitter, X, Patreon, Discord, all those things? I think we probably should. Okay, well, hey guys, we have our Twitter, our Facebook, our X formerly Twitter, all up and going. Things, (laughs) yeah, they're all up and going. Instagram, Facebook, Helen Hills Podcast, X is Helen Hills Pod. Then we also have our Discord up. That's linked on basically everything, so you can find us there. Our Linktree is up and going. You can find us by just googling Helen Hills Podcast Linktree. We should be the first thing that pops up, Uh, and that has the links to all the things like Instagram, Twitter. Or I'm sorry, Instagram, X, Facebook, all the things. We also have our Patreon where you can get early access to episodes. And then I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, you can also email us at HelenHeelsPodcast at gmail.com. So if you have ideas, suggestions, uh, whatever it is that you want, please feel free to email us. Um, I do have a hatred for the little bubble on my phone. So those are responded or checked very frequently. (laughs) Speaking of iPhones, I want to let you know that someone did tell me how to be an iPhone user and I wholeheartedly (laughs) disagree. So, Brittany, the instructions that you sent Amanda to send to me wrong. I'm not going into every one of those apps and removing the badge. Do you know how annoying? First of all, I want to know when I have something. I just want the something to disappear when I clear the notification. You don't, it's, it's an Android thing, and I'm pretty sure Cody and I are going back to Androids after, after our uh, time is up with the iPhones. Sorry, but about me, I
1: tried. iPhones suck. End of story. I just I can't do it. Even Cody hates his, <laughs> and he always uh, wanted one,
0: didn't he? He's the one that wanted them. So really, this is Cody's fault. <laughs>
1: but that feels right.
0: Anyways, well, are you ready for a story?
1: I am. Oh, okay. the Halloween story. As soon as a Halloween story.
0: Okay, so it is a Halloween. It happened on Halloween. I'm not going to say it's really Mm Halloween-centric. I was going to do a different Halloween story. Um, I was going to cover a serial killer, but then I realized it involved children, and I just couldn't put myself through another child abuse or murder case.
1: So I appreciate you not doing that to us. Yeah,
0: I had to pivot. Um, So this case still happened on Halloween. I personally have never heard of this case. We're actually going to be talking about the Liskey family murders. Have you heard of it? It doesn't ring a bell. Okay. So the Liskey family, they appear to be a very ordinary family. Susan Liskey, 46. Her husband, William or Bill Liskey, 53. Susan's son, Devin Griffin, 16. Susan's son, Derek Griffin, 23. And William's son, William BJ Liskey, 24. So, they had a blended family. They didn't share any kids in common. So, they each had at least one stepkid or children of their own. Okay. So, this family, they lived in Ottawa County, Ohio, in Benton Township. Susan, she worked as an office manager for Northwest Ohio Carpenters Joint Apprenticeship and Training Committee. That was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. She was an avid gardener. She loved hunting, camping. They liked doing things outdoors. She was described as just having a really big heart. She was a loving mother to her two sons as well as her stepson. And then William Bill Liskey, he was a retired Air Force veteran. He also loved the outdoor things, the hunting, the camping, all the ings. People loved Bill. (laughs) People described him as one of those people that was just a really great friend. He was a loving father and husband. And, of course, the kids followed suit to the parents for the most part. They loved the outdoors. Uh, Derek actually had a black belt. He would spend time on his sailboat. Devin was a diver and was also a swimmer. Like, there was a lot that this family had going on. But they... I mean, they were still a relatively normal family. They lived on a property that was just under 100 acres. So they had a lot of land. Some of it had... um hunting area in it so they they had a lot that they could do just at home 100 acres that's a
1: yeah they they were definitely an active family and especially Mm -hmm. on that much land so they were they were active outdoorsy people it sounds like like as a family
0: yeah just they were i mean they were doing their thing nothing i found suggested that susan or bill were were bad people in any way like they were very good people and they were just trying to give their kids the best lives on October 31st, 2010, at about 9.30 a.m., Devin Griffin, the 16-year-old, would return to his mother's house to change his clothes for church. He had spent the night at his father's house, so he was literally just stopping in to change because he had a choir concert and had to get to church. And it was, I mean, 9.30 could be early on a Sunday. I like to sleep in on my Sundays. I did not today. Oh, that's another complaint. Maisie woke me up by bitch-slapping me this morning. <laughs> Perfect. um
1: anyways wow, she's in trouble she's a little
0: shithead today anyways so they might have slept in because they didn't have a mazy bitch slapping them awake okay. um i didn't get that luxury today but fine so he stops he was just trying to be in and out it was early and the only person he saw that morning was his stepbrother william or bj liskey so when Devin gets home after church, he goes up to his room. This is after 11 in the morning. Some sources said church services went a little longer than typical, but, you know, it's a little bit closer to noon.
1: Was he the only one to go to church, do we know? Or was like the yes. whole family? It was only him
0: that went to church. Okay. I didn't get clarity on why that was. I don't know if mm-hmm. maybe the church going side was on his father's side and his mother could wasn't have been. as churchy. They could have or been working, just, could have been, like, differences in religion, I assume. Or they just didn't want to go. You know, I, yeah. I didn't get clarity on what side of the family or why he, it didn't even phase him that his family
1: do, didn't go to church that day. Yeah. It sounds, I mean, it sounds pretty normal, though. Sounds like he yeah. was just going about his day. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious. So, he
0: gets home a little after 11. He got home and he immediately went up to his room and just began playing video games. Just zoning out the world, doing his thing. Now he played video games until about 1:30 p.m. until he realizes it's pretty quiet in the house. In addition to this, his mother's sister or sister-in-law, one of the two on his mother's side, his aunt, would call him and be like, "Hey, I can't get a hold of Derek. He was supposed to do something with with our family today and I just can't get a hold of him or your mom." And so he's like, "Okay, well, I don't know. I haven't heard anyone." And it's not exactly normal for it to be this quiet. He did note that like his mom and stepfather were typically early risers. But he's like, well, maybe they were sick. They were up late last night. They had a Halloween party. So maybe they're just Mm -hmm. sleeping in, hungover, whatever it could be. Yeah,
1: okay.
0: So Devin heads to the master bedroom looking for for his mom and stepdad. He sees them there, and there is a comforter pulled up over their heads, so he can't see their heads. And he kind of begins speaking like, hey, mom, like trying to wake them up, thinking they're just asleep. Maybe they're not feeling well. When that didn't work, Devin walks around to his mom's side of the bed, and he sees her foot poking out of the covers, and he kind of tapping on her legs, still talking to her, not getting a response. And he pulls the covers down a little bit, and then he saw that her pillow was covered in blood. Oh, no. Now, he's a 16-year-old, and this is a very traumatic sight, because initially what he thought was, oh, this is a prank for Halloween. This has got to be a prank. There's no way. And. Oh, God love him. There's just no way this is happening. And he, he very quickly realizes, oh, my God, this is happening. And so he he realizes that, okay, there there's something really wrong happened. He gets out of the house and he calls his aunt back. And he's just like, you need to get over here. This is this and this. Like, he tells her exactly what he saw. So his aunt, Laurie Morse, she would go to the home and she does call 911 on, on her way over. Or when she gets there, it's not clear if it was while she was driving or when she got there. Um, but they do call police and she's relaying what what Devin tells her to the police. She's like, this is what he saw. She ends up going in and she sees like, yes, Bill is dead. And so is my sister or sister-in-law, Susan. Like she's she's very much aware of what's going on. And so police, they arrive to the scene and they find the bodies of Susan and Bill downstairs in the master bedroom as expected. What they did not expect was to also find the body of Devin's older brother, Derek, upstairs in his bedroom. Oh. All victims were found in their beds and there was no sign of a struggle. The coroner's initial exam indicated that the cause of death was caused by either a gunshot or a blunt object. And now the question is who would do this type of thing? There was one person that was suddenly missing from the scene that either could be a witness or a suspect. But he's not anywhere to be found and he's not answering his phone. It's turned off. And that is William BJ Liskey. The other brother? Yes. Bill's son. Huh. So, police, they quickly know BJ's missing and they would put a description out of the truck and they begin searching for him. Now, while I might have mentioned that the family did seem normal. They did have issues with BJ Liskey. After BJ's parents divorce, so after Bill divorces his first wife, he, BJ took it pretty hard. He would begin skipping school and just kind of becoming a little shithead, misbehaving, not really having a lot of structure. So in 2001, when Bill and Susan married, BJ, he instantly has a strained relationship with Susan from the get-go. Susan's coming into the house and she begins imposing rules and order that they can't live like heathens with her around. And BJ hated this new set of rules. He had to go to school? What? No. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, like, I, I understand. You know, with, with stepkids, a lot of... T- well, luckily, I didn't have that problem. Knock on wood. Um, but, like, a lot of times, yeah, that does happen. I And I get that. But, like, making you go to school, that doesn't sound like she's, she's doing anything malicious.
0: Right. But from his perspective as a young kid... Mm-hmm. His dad got up in the morning, left early to go to work, and he just had the run of the house. No one told him he had to go to school. And then Susan comes around and it's like, no, you gotta go to school. You Mm -hmm. no longer have the run of the house. And then on top of that, BJ also had a strained relationship with his stepbrother, Derek, as well as his stepbrother, Devin, but not to the extent as Derek. In 2002, Bill Liskey would actually call police on his then 16-year-old son. And this was due to threats of self-harm. BJ was threatening to hurt himself. Now, in this incident, when police arrived, BJ would actually attack the responding officers. Oh. And he would face charges in juvenile court for the assault of a police officer. And that that went on his juvenile record. However, I couldn't find that anything was sentenced. And it could have been because he was having thoughts of self-harm or things of that nature. So they might have dropped the case. But that's not clear. Uh, It's also possible that because it's a juvenile record that... Information's just not out there for the outcome, like it's sealed. Yeah. OK. In October 2004, reports state that BJ and Susan would get into a heated argument, and BJ would actually strike Susan really hard in the chest during this fight. But she didn't press any charges. They're trying to work through things and m- move on. But in late 2004, BJ, he would be charged with felony assault and robbery charges. Because BJ had allegedly hit Susan with a coffee cup, then stole her car keys. And for this, he was found incompetent to stand trial on these charges. And those charges were eventually dropped.
1: Okay, I kind of, I kind of feel like he's, he's past, he's, uh, I want to feel bad for him. I, I understand that like divorce can be hard on kids. And especially if they're not given any kind of, you know, help to... Navigate their feelings through that, but you're you're going a little overboard here.
0: Well, he was found incompetent to stand trial for those charges, and it's not one hundred percent clear why he was found incompetent. But it is likely related to a later diagnosis that he would be hospitalized for, which was schizoaffective disorder, bipolar type.
1: Oh, so he has something deeper going on, Mm -hmm. and this is potentially just aggravating it.
0: So schizoaffective disorder is very similar to schizophrenia. A lot of the symptoms are the same, such as hallucinations, delusions, disorganized speech, catatonic behavior, lack of motivation, slow movement, change in sleep patterns, poor personal hygiene, and that list goes on. The difference, and this is what most articles cited, was that schizoaffective disorder had a mood component to it. So it can involve either a mania or a depression. So if it involves a mania, it's going to be a bipolar type. And if it's, I mean, it can also have a depression with the bipolar type. But if it's more specifically a depression, it's a depressive type. So it's still schizoaffective disorder, either bipolar type or depressive type. And he had bipolar. And so... Some believe basically what the article said is that the schizoaffective disorder is a more severe variant of schizophrenia. Oh, God. It is a chronic condition, but it's Mm -hmm. treatable. So that's, like I said, it's not 100% clear why he was found incompetent at the time in 2004, but he was. And later on, BJ would actually be kicked out, I believe, in 2004. Yep. In 2004-2005, he would actually be kicked out of the family home at the age of 18. This was after the then 18-year-old BJ had attempted to attack Susan, his stepmother, while she was in the shower. That's terrifying. Yes. So, Bill Lesky, he did kick him out said, you, you cannot live here anymore. So, after he was kicked out, he, was, he would stay in a group home. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, In 2006, Bill, he would actually file for guardianship over BJ, like a adult guardianship over BJ. And this isn't an attempt for him to begin helping BJ with his mental diagnosis. He noted that BJ, when he was on his medication, he would be doing great. On his medication, doing stellar. But then when BJ would feel like he was doing well, he would go off of his medication because he didn't think he needed it and things would get worse and i I feel like this is a very common theme with a lot of people struggling with mental health issues Mm -hmm. um you often hear about them going on and off because they feel really good while they're on it and then they go off and they don't realize that they were feeling so good because because of the medication yeah and so i mean that's a pretty common theme you hear even it not even necessarily crimes you hear this just With people struggling with mental health. They are up and down with what their medications are doing. Mm -hmm. So now some claim that when BJ went off of his medication, he would begin drinking and smoking pot frequently. And when drinking, his outbursts were more violent or unpredictable. And so when he's in that down, he starts drinking and now he's becoming much more violent and unpredictable. In 2007, BJ was hospitalized for schizoaffective disorder, bipolar type. And by now, BJ, he he's moved into the Sandusky group home for mental health patients. And while there, he would have at least three violent encounter with encounters with police. Um, now this included one physical fight with BJ and his father, Bill. So he's not necessarily doing great. Those could be a down where he's off medication or medications are changing and adjusting, but he's, he's not living with them. And, you know, things are kind of up and down for the family. How old is he at this point? He'd be 18 in 1819 okay. 18, in 2007. Okay. While he was living at the Sandusky home, his family was obviously able to visit and there were times where he could go home and visit his family, often staying overnight. It wasn't like a super strict like you have to be back to the Sandusky group home as long as you're with a trusted, you know, you can go out. And so he would do that. Him and his dad could go on hunting trips and all that still. And just reports of these violent outbursts from family, they would continue coming to light after the murders, uh, including a family friend stating that anytime there was an issue with Bill and BJ, Bill would call him for help because this uh, Mark Grinnell, he was a very calming influence. So even if he should have been at Sandusky or whatever it was, Mark could come over, kind of calm down the situation. But Mark did also have concerns about safety for the, the family. Right. Okay. Neighbors also stated they were suspicious of BJ having killed and tortured their pets. One neighbor, this is also Mark Gr- Gridel, he stated that their family dog had been shot twice with a .22 caliber bullet. But there was never any evidence to prove that it was BJ. So, mm-hmm. he's got a pretty violent history already. Yeah. He's not living with the family. He is living at the Sandusky home. And even with all of that, his dad's love is unconditional for him bill just never gave up on his son he loved him wanted the best for him he wanted to get his son the help he needed because bill doesn't he's not a doctor he doesn't know what's going on but he wants to get bj the help he needs Mm. and his goal was ultimately to get bj into a halfway house or a group home which he was able to do but this would help him with medication management counseling mental health whatever it was so that bj could get better Bill and BJ were described as like best buds, best friends. You know, they had some time where it was just the two of them um, and they would frequently hunt together. And even with all of this conflict, Bill, he just was trying to do what was best for both his kid and his wife and stepkids. So he knew that having BJ at Sandusky was the safer option for everyone. The week before the murders, Bill and BJ had gone on a hunting trip together. They had only returned from the family's hunting cabin on October 30th, 2010, just the day before the murders. On the night of October 30th, the family was having a little get-together with neighbors. They would, you know, invite a few friends over for some beers. BJ was also indulging. He was drinking, having a good time. Friends there, they claimed everyone had a good time. There was no conflict. It was very laid back. We had fun. Now, no one saw Derek there, but that wasn't really uncommon. Derek and BJ didn't get along. And Derek is
1: Susan's older son. So did they just like avoid each other?
0: Yeah. So it described that when BJ was around, Derek made himself scarce. He's like, I'm not, not worth my time, not worth my energy. And it might've been a little extra strained because Derek earlier that year had gotten in trouble with the law several months prior and BJ was pissed when Derek hadn't gotten kicked out of the house like he had. So for BJ, he's like, I got in trouble with the law and you guys kicked me out. But Derek can get in trouble and you guys keep him around. Now, I'm not sure what Derek's trouble with the law was, but it doesn't sound Mm -hmm. like it was violent. Yeah. And so that kind of makes a pretty big difference. And this actually was one of the larger fights that Bill and BJ had ever had. Like this was one of the biggest points of butting heads. So... The night of October 30th, Bill and Susan, they had been drinking and they decide that, well, we can't take BJ back to Sandusky. First of all, it's late. Secondly, we're drinking. That's not safe. And he can just Mm -hmm. stay here for the night. They made him a bed on the couch. He was good to go. And just as a reminder, BJ didn't really stay at the house overnight very often. Like he could, but it wasn't common that he did. This was just one of those times where they're like, it's better safe than sorry. I don't want us in an accident or drinking and driving. So we'll just, you stay over here. The shindig ended at about midnight and everyone leaves. No conflicts, no issues. And we still have not really seen much of Derek. The last form of communication anyone had with him was 2.02 p.m. on October 30th, according to cell phone records. Now, as time goes on, a neighbor would claim to have heard gunshots at 6.30 a.m. on October 31st, 2010. Now, in this neighbor's defense, they have hunting property right
1: there. so Right. I was going to say, yeah, they live on 100 acres. God, only God knows, like, they could be shooting at anything.
0: Right. And so it, the likelihood that she would have thought anything like this had happened was pretty slim. Right. Yeah. So that's at about 6.30 a.m. on October 31st, 2010. Devin would arrive home the morning of the murders at about 930 to get a shirt for church. Like I said, he spent the weekend with his dad. So he was at his dad's house the night of October 30th. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He was just going in to get his choir gear and he was bouncing to go to church. Now, Devin would tell investigators that he had seen BJ that morning in the driveway, but he didn't see anyone else. He had really only been in the house for a top, you know, tops of five minutes. And that was to change and leave. And he had seen BJ loading something into Bill's truck. And this wasn't uncommon. Like they might have been doing something for hunting or getting him ready to go back to Sandusky, whatever it was. So when Devin's home, he stated that BJ was acting off, but not necessarily red flags. I got to go check things. Mm -hmm. It was just things like Devin and BJ didn't really interact much. Not necessarily that they avoided each other, but it was just like, we can coexist, but we don't have to be buds.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Now Devin stated that BJ was asking him, like, hey, what are you doing here? How long are you gonna be gone? What's going on? And again, it's nothing that took us like significant amount of time and Devin was just like, Okay, BJ's actually pretty happy compared to his typical gloomy demeanor. Devin described to investigators that typically BJ was slow and quote unquote darkish. But during this conversation he was pretty upbeat and very talkative. But again, not really red flags. It could have just been a good day. That's
1: chilling, like, knowing that now, though.
0: Yeah. So, basically, Devin was surprised to see his stepbrother so happy, but didn't raise red flags. Speculation on my part, but I do wonder if this giddiness might have been that uh, schizoaffective disorder, bipolar type, showing through. And he was going through a moment of mania. Or could it have just been him trying to get Devin to leave faster and kind of act
1: nonchalant and all okay, like everything's going well? Yeah, and in Devin's defense, he could just be like, well, I mean, he maybe they had a good night last night. Maybe everybody got along, you know? like And Devin's defense also, he was in a hurry. He was trying to get his shirt and get out.: Yeah, true. Uh, he was in a hurry, and, like you said, they're not they're not best buds, so in a like a little passing conversation, like, okay. Yeah, that was weird that you're in a good mood, but also you're not in your group home. So maybe you're just enjoying, maybe you're on your, you know, he's on his medicine and he's having a good, I don't know. Yeah. After Devin leaves, BJ
0: would take his father's truck and he would head to the hunting cabin that they had in Carroll County. Now his, BJ and Bill had just gotten back from hunting at this cabin the night prior, like the day before. So he just heads on back there. Devin arrives, arrives home. He goes to play video games around 1.30 after his aunt calls him to check on Derek. He's like, oh, it is way too quiet. And that's when he discovers his mother and stepfather had been murdered. He calls his aunt Lori. And they, Lori gets there pretty quickly. Lori had called to check on Derek. Police would arrive on scene pretty quickly. They find Susan and Bill had both been shot to death in their bed. The coroner's report stated that Bill Liskey had been shot five times in the head and face. Oh my at, a, God. at an approximate range of one to two feet away. He was found in a natural sleeping position with the covers pulled over him. Susan, she was not in as natural of a position. She looked as though she had been moved. She had been shot three times. And they again believe at close range. And she also had defensive wounds on her hand.
1: So I'm assuming... Maybe he shot his dad first and then she woke up. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about, about it. Mm-hmm.
0: The ammunition used was a small caliber, suspected to be twenty two caliber, which we like know... the dog. Uh-huh, like the dog. And what's interesting is there were no shell casings found. And they would have expected to find shell casings. So they're like, okay, red flags, someone cleaned up after themselves. Someone. There was blood spattered on the wall, and they, based off of, I can't remember what they called it, I didn't write it down, but based off of some patterns, they could tell that basically the door had been opened, and immediately the trigger was pulled. Oh. When police initially entered the home, obviously they knew they were going into a murder scene with Susan and Bill, but when they initially entered the home, nothing else seemed out of order. The house was in order, no signs of forced entry, nothing was missing, just. Laundry was done. Like, there's nothing to indicate that there would be a murder in this house. But when they start searching the home to clear everything, they do find a locked door to Derek's bedroom. And they do kick that in, and that's where they find Derek Griffin. He was also curled up in bed facing the wall in what was described as a natural sleeping position, and he was also deceased. Derek was found to have suffered blunt force trauma to the head. It is believed that he died within a couple of minutes from the first blow. Investigators initially were looking for a hammer-like something because they believed it was a hammer, which they would later find a claw hammer in the house. It had been hidden behind a large safe in the family's home, and it was covered in blood, and it was consistent to be the weapon with Derek's wounds. And it was consistent that Derek had been attacked with both sides of the claw hammer. Oh, my God. Now, police believe that Derek was killed first a little before 6.30 a.m. He believed, or they believed that he would have been bludgeoned with the hammer so that it did not wake up Susan or Bill. And then the next victim, well, correction. So hit with the hammer, wouldn't wake up Susan and Bill. BJ would then lock and close Derek's door. And he would move on to Susan and Bill. He would first kill Bill almost as soon as he opened the bedroom door and then he would kill Susan who was the only one with defensive wounds and he would also make sure that Bill and Susan's door was closed as well it is believed now that when Devin had arrived home at around 9 30 BJ was cleaning up he was picking up the shells and he was hiding the hammer and closing doors and trying to hide the gun that he used and He was starting to clean up and start hiding his tracks. Oh, that's... Yeah, dark. Yep. So, at the time, police are told, like, a family says they own firearms. So, the police start seizing firearms to start trying to test and match them. Police, I mean, they're looking for anything at this point. In their timeline, they don't know BJ's a suspect or has anything to do with this. But they did know a muddy set of footprints along the deck near the family's pond. Like I said, they had almost 100 acres of land. And so they're like, well, maybe the suspect came out here, threw the weapon into the pond, and that's where we need to look for a weapon. Seems okay. They would drain the pond and they didn't find anything. Hmm. So police brought in weapon sniffers. These are, I'm calling them weapon sniffers. They're weapon sniffing dogs, to be specific. They're good boys. They're good boys. They're using their sniffers to do their jobs. But the dogs would find nothing. And again, a hundred acres is a lot to search. That's why they brought in the dogs. Now, of course, police questioned Devin. Devin, he's initially looked at as a suspect. Investigators questioned how Devin could have been home for that long with three dead bodies and not noticed.
1: Well, it's not like they were in there for days.
0: Well, I mean, hours. And he didn't notice there wasn't the normal rumblings of
1: your house. Well, I mean... I, I get that, but also like it's not gonna smell. You're not gonna smell anything, like. And then they had a party. It was, it was Halloween day at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Halloween day, and they had a party the night before. Like I would assume, okay, everybody just stayed up late and they're sleeping in. And look, I, I'm, I'm not as big a gamer as other people. But I can start playing The Sims and then I look at the clock and it's 12 o'clock, 1.30 in the morning. And I'm like, oh, Oops. I have to wake up for work in five hours. I should go to yeah. bed. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I, you know, like maybe he just, he was playing his game. He lost track of time. Well, them suspecting
0: him only lasted a minute. They just really needed his alibi for the night and that morning. And that was confirmed pretty quickly. His father was like, yes, Devin was with me last night. And then multiple people saw him in church. So, they're like, okay. And also, they did believe that his behavior into shock was genuine. Mm -hmm. And so, they're like, okay, well, I don't know that you're a suspect. But, all right. During Devin's interviews, he would share details of his encounter with BJ. And police would quickly be like, we need to to find BJ. He is either a suspect or at least a witness. Mm -hmm. He could be a victim. We don't know. So they start trying to contact him. BJ's phone's off and they're not able to reach him anyway. They're concerned. And then Devin's aunt, Lori, notes, hey, their truck is gone. And so they're like, all right, we got to look for that truck. And during all this time, neighbors also start revealing some of the tension they had seen with the family between BJ and Susan, as well as his father. And they start looking into BJ's past and they're like, okay, so... Maybe he's more of a suspect than we initially thought. And after news of the murders, you know, started to spread, the search for BJ has ensued, uh, Carroll County and Ottawa County Police, they, well, specifically Carroll County Police, spot the family's white Ford F-150. Want to guess where that was?
1: Was it at the hunting cabin? It was. Hot dang, I am a cop. Well, I mean, police did
0: notify. So Ottawa County notified Carroll County to say maybe he went back there. Please be on the lookout. So they did notify everyone in between because it's about 170 miles away. Oh, wow. He did some driving. I know, right? BJ Liskey. he was arrested about 170 miles away from his family's home in Carroll County. So he was arrested in Carroll County. He had gone back to the family's hunting cabin in Carroll now, assuming speeds were about 65 miles per hour on average, it would have taken him about two and a half to three hours to get to the family's cabin. I did not math that. I Googled that math. I
1: sent that. Hey, it sounds great. <laughs> sounds really good to me.
0: Yeah. So somewhere around there, it's not clear exactly when he left the family's home. He probably left pretty quickly after having seen Devin, but he,
1: he still had some quote unquote cleanup to do. But he had plenty of time alone with his thoughts. He did. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Now,
0: BJ had been at the cabin for less than an hour when the Carroll County Sheriff's deputies would arrive at the home. He had not even been able to eat his Subway sandwich when police arrived. He stopped for food? He did. He stopped for Subway. Okay. All right. Yeah. So he hadn't been able to eat a sandwich, which police noted, like, okay, he's not been here very long. Even though BJ's tried to say like I've
1: been here for three hours, and they're like, no, you have not been. Oh, really? Well, how about you give me the receipt for that subway then, there, son. Deputy
0: Balish with Carroll County, he would he'd see the truck and he starts kind of monitoring the property because you know he was able to confirm the Ottawa County plates. And soon after, he actually sees BJ exit the cabin and he's on the porch smoking a cigarette, and so Balish or Balish, he would approach with his weapon drawn and he would call for backup, which he knew was in the area. And he told, he held BJ there until backup had arrived. And they do initially arrest BJ on one count of murder. And the reason Mm -hmm. they only one count is because this would hold him until they could take the case to a grand jury. And that was just initially because he would
1: later be charged with all of them. Question though. Sorry. Yeah. Which one did they hold him on? Was it the hammer? Like, did they get fingerprints from it or?
0: It was on his father's because, and we'll get to it in just a second. Um, okay. I'm going to talk about what happened when when he got taken into booking and receiving. Oh, okay. So when he was booked, he was told by officers reportedly to put on a suicide prevention smock, which he was like, hell no, I'm not putting that on. And when an officer again instruction, like, you need to put on this suicide prevention smock. BJ would punch and scratch at that officer's face, and he would only comply with them when threatened with the use of a stun gun. Now, for whatever reason, that was never any additional charges brought against BJ. And as a side note, I did only find that in one
1: source. What is a suicide prevention smock? I've just, I've never heard of it. I can assume, but I don't know if you have like an actual... Uh, picture or description, or I assume it's something similar to a straight jacket, basically, but not a straight jacket.
0: Here, I've got a picture up for you. Okay, I don't really know how to explain it. It's it really doesn't look like it's going to prevent much, but they, I don't think they can tear it in any way. And then it's a pretty sturdy material.
1: Not what I was expecting. Okay, yeah. What is this supposed to prevent exactly? Suicide. How does it do that? I don't know. Strange. I didn't
0: exactly think to look into it because I just assumed people would be like, yeah, cool, suicide prevention smock. I had just never, I had never heard of it. A turtle suit? Okay. Or a pickle suit or a Bam Bam suit or a suicide gown is a tear-resistant single-piece outer garment that is generally used to prevent a hospitalized, incarcerated, or otherwise detained individual from forming a noose with a garment
1: to commit suicide that is ah, read okay. directly from wikipedia folks okay that okay see now that makes sense looking at the pictures and then does that make more sense now yes i'm with you okay 100 percent. so when police detained bj
0: they obviously searched the cabin and the truck for ev- any evidence when they first get to the cabin they did not have the hammer evidence they were looking for a hammer of sorts a gun blood whatever And so the police, they find in the truck, blood, in and outside of the truck, a twenty-two caliber rifle. They find Bill Sr.'s wallet and they find Bill Sr.'s cell phone. And forensic testing would later confirm that the, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped something. They also found blood on BJ's outer clothing and shoes. And Mm -hmm. forensics testing would also confirm that Susan, Bill's, and Derek's blood was found on his clothing and in and on the truck. So that's, it's their blood. So it's, they literally found a smoking gun. Uh Uh-huh. Now, forensics would also determine later on through DNA that BJ Liskey had also raped
1: Susan Liskey,
0: his stepmother, at the time of the crime.
1: Oh my God. So, sorry to get worse. Um, Is that where the defensive wounds
0: come from? That's not clear. It's not clear if the defensive wounds were from the gunshots and he raped her while she died, after she died, or if it was all before. Not clear.
1: Oh, my. Okay.
0: BJ Liskey. he is officially charged with three counts of aggravated murder, to which he initially pled not guilty. Now, one source claimed he was actually charged with six counts of aggravated murder, two for each victim. I had to call my dad to see if that was even a possibility. And he's like, yeah, they they can do that. Which blew my mind. How? I don't know how. I guess it depends on the circumstances. I don't know what their reasoning was. I'm not even sure if that's accurate. Cause ever since hearing that, I'm not even sure that I trust this source that said six um six counts. Mm-hmm. But thanks, dad, for being my my immediate dictionary for criminal things. I don't know. Thanks for just answering all my questions so to add to the Lisky family's grieving the following day november 1st they would also get a call that sue bill's sister had perished in a house fire as well
1: oh my god this
0: family she had passed in a garage explosion and it was confirmed that at the time bj was in custody the day that his aunt died initially this had caused or raised some questions They were wondering if BJ had anything to do with his aunt's murder or if it was someone else targeting the family. Ultimately, it was found that there was no connection between Sue and Bill's deaths. Uh, It was an accidental explosion. There was gas going that had been left on in the garage and a lit cigarette would ultimately cause the explosion. Oh, my gosh. By November 2010, BJ had been assigned a court-appointed guardian. At this point, the court is trying to determine if BJ is even competent to stand trial. His defense team would begin having him evaluated to see if he was competent. And after uh, psychiatric evaluations, he was actually deemed competent to stand trial. In March 2000... This is another smoking gun. In March 2011, during a jail call with his mom... BJ's mom would ask, you did it. You did all this. And BJ simply responded, yes. She would then ask him, how could you? And BJ would reportedly respond stating, I wasn't in my right mind. And then he would basically say, mom, I can't talk about this anymore. Once he realized he's on a jail call. That call is being recorded. Yeah.
1: And I don't, I don't know if y'all know this. But they look at your mail. They listen to your phone call. You're not alone in jail. Yeah. Like you don't. If the, you yeah. say it out loud, someone's going to hear it. Right. So
0: even if you write it down, someone's going to read it. Yeah. So he further incriminates himself. Now, before any trial would happen on August 13th, 2011, BJ would change his plea to guilty. And this was a plea deal. If he pled guilty, prosecutors agreed to not seek the death penalty. Okay okay he would still get life in prison
1: mm-hmm.
0: but no no death penalties on the table in a sentencing in september 2011 bj Liskey would apologize for his actions saying quote i want to say i'm extremely sorry it's all my fault i don't blame anyone but myself he would then go to blame his actions on mental illness and satan uh satan, <laughs> what satan. Is satan where did satan come in He said, quote, I cannot explain why it happened, only my eternal struggle with mental illness caused by great
1: affliction from the devil. Uh, Was he religious? I don't know. But I kind of feel like he said, I don't blame anyone but myself, then blame the devil. I was going to, yeah, I was going to comment on that, too. Like, you can't, you can't be like, you know what, guys, this is my fault, but the devil made me do it. That's not how you just completely negated what you said in the first part when you were like nobody made me do this and then you were like the devil made the devil made me do this yeah um okay if he would have just stopped at my mental health I would have been like okay that's a very
0: and I wonder if he meant it more like my mental health is my my demon or something more like that and so he was equating it to something I don't know B.J. Liskey would ultimately be sentenced to three life sentences without parole. On March 5th, nope, on March 31st, 2015, B.J. Liskey would commit suicide. He was found in his cell deceased from a self-inflicted wounds. It was confirmed that this was suicidal and it was not anything, no foul play. Today, Devin Griffin, he states that B.J. was not a monster. He does not believe BJ was a monster. He just stated that his family didn't have the tools or knowledge on how to help him with what he had going on. Devin is now married. They actually had their wedding on the family farm where he grew up. So he basically said, regardless of the tragedy in the home, that home held so many happy memories for him. And he wanted to continue making memories in that home because one day doesn't define his experiences in that
1: home. That's really, that's a really beautiful and grown up way to be. And I don't Mm -hmm. think I could do it. I don't think so either. I really shout him out for that. Right.
0: As of 2022, he has one little boy who he named Derek after his brother. And I could not find any additional updates after October-ish 2022. Mm -hmm. And that is the case of the Liskey family.
1: So that was rough.
0: Look, in my defense, no children died in this one it is yeah. obviously a tragedy but the child involved and what's really interesting about this case is that devin might have been a victim he almost was a victim if he yes. had been there that night and why bj decided not to harm him when he was there we don't know but
1: super grateful that he didn't oh uh, okay so when what was the time period between bj um being convicted and committing suicide again about five years oh that's it's really sad because it, it it just makes me think like you know what he was obviously suffering uh from mental health issues maybe maybe he was being honest and he wasn't in his right mind and once you know he got help he couldn't get past what he did and that's just really sad yeah it is sad but also
0: i mean to an extent he was found competent like he knew what he was doing
1: yeah so uh, yeah i mean when you say that yeah he obviously knew he was in some form of mind enough to know to pick up what eight shells out of just one room
0: and maybe it's that he was found competent at that time because he was back on medication because of whatever purposes, whatever reasons. But they, I mean, they were, they found him at that time. He was found competent to stand trial. And yes, his defense team did try to plead not guilty by defense of insanity, by reasons of insanity.
1: Did they throw his sandwich away in front of him? Because I hope they did. They didn't tell me. Uh, I need to know because it's just, it's always mind-boggling to me when, like, you just brutally killed and raped mm-hmm. three people. and well, then one person
0: just... was raped, just yeah. to
1: clarify. Yeah, I should have worded that better, sorry. Um, yeah, you just brutally killed three people, raped one of them, and then you just drive three hours and stop at Subway? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, um, thanks for that story, Bryce.
0: It was, it was a really interesting case, but also
1: really sad. It was really sad. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay, well, why don't we talk about what you did? Okay. Um, is this the Headless Horseman? No. Oh, okay. I don't know what this is, but I
0: just saw the one picture where it looks <laughs> like he's holding up a head. What's funny is I almost texted you to be like, I
1: should have asked you to do Headless Horseman. I almost did, um, but... I- I had enough info here that I couldn't really throw him in there. But okay. I considered it. I read up on him a little bit. Okay.
0: Well, I'm ready then.
1: Uh no, this is to quote one of my favorite movies. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. I'm gonna
0: tell you something that's gonna really piss you off. Some what? I have never seen that movie all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces. I've seen enough to know what happens.
1: All right, guys, that's all for today. Um, I'm done with Bryce because she's she's never seen Bryce has never seen
0: Nightmare Nightmare Before Before
1: Christmas Christmas all the way through.
0: How about I make you a deal? I'll watch it before Halloween this year.
1: That would be wonderful.
0: Okay. Watch Party.
1: I'm so upset with you right now.
0: I'm sorry. I've I've probably seen every part of it but never in one sitting
1: never together okay mm-hmm. i guess that's fine um yeah i basically did a bunch of halloween traditions and obviously i started with the halloween tradition which is halloween and how that came about it started as a pagan ritual which i think everybody everywhere pretty much knows that but it started as Samhain, and it's very commonly mispronounced as Sam and I've also seen a lot of people that think Sam Hain is an actual person or he's a demon or an entity. He's, he's not. It's not. I should say it's not. He's not a he. It's an it. It's a, it's a ritual. It's a celebration. Uh, Halloween, as we know it today, was born of Samhain. It's an ancient Celtic festival. And way back during those times, the Celtic year was divided into two halves. You had the light part of the year, which was summer, and then you had the dark part of the year, which obviously that was your winter. And within the we the what within the year within the, weir, you within the weird. year you are weird. We're weird. Is it's okay. It's okay. I'm gonna take a sip of water. I'm gonna keep eating my Doritos. They look delicious. They're a little stale. It's just extra crunch. It's fine. Within the year the Celtic year, there were four annual fire festivals. And then they also had other rituals or ceremonies to celebrate um, solstice and the equinox. So ancient Celtics, they just, they just partied. Okay. They were just down to party, down to light a fire. Samhain, it literally translates to summer's end. And it marked the beginning of the dark half of the year. And they used this festival, they celebrated the inevitable. They celebrated the death, and they celebrated the rebirth. And they celebrated Samhain in what is now Ireland, Scotland, the UK, and other parts of Northern Europe. During Samhain, the world of the gods was said to be visible to humans, and the barrier between our world and the other world was at its thinnest. And the veil being this thin, it allowed ghosts, spirits, it allowed them to just walk right on through to earth. Hate that. I don't know. I kind of love it, though.
0: I hate there being a
1: thin veil that people could just be like, I'm gonna walk through this. Nope. No, thank you. It's like one of those mosquito curtains that you put up and they just, they attach with magnets. So you just walk right through them and then it closes behind you. Yeah, I hate that. (laughs) Imagine it being so thin a mosquito could pass through. Absolutely not. Why would I want to imagine that? That's my point. Is that a veil so thin a ghost is just walking through? Like, bye. I would rather a ghost come through than a mosquito. I would would rather seven ghosts come through than one mosquito. I cannot see the ghosts, And what if they're going to bug me like a mosquito does? If a ghost is ever just (laughs) in my ear like a mosquito, then I'll have issues. But right now, the ghosts ain't... Like, biting me 12,000 times while I'm trying to sleep, sucking my blood, and just buzzing around in my ear.
0: Yeah, but what if the ghosts are over there sending the mosquitoes to you?
1: Then that's not a ghost. That is a poltergeist or a demon.
0: I'm just saying. I'm just saying I'd rather the mosquito because at least I can smash it once I find it.
1: I can smudge a ghost. But what if you don't know you have a ghost? I can smudge anyway. Maybe that's why you can never find your keys. The ghost is always just moving them. Actually, now that I don't have a car, they stay in one place. <laughs> Funny how that works, isn't it? It almost makes me think it's my fault. Like, I'm the one constantly losing my keys. Never. <laughs> it's out of control. What were we talking about? Saw Oh, so <laughs> during this time with this thin veil that Bryce hates, people would honor their ancestors and they they wore costumes and masks to disguise themselves as harmful spirits. To avoid harm from the harmful spirits that were potentially coming through that veil. They had bonfires and feasts. This was the very common way of celebrating. And food was prepared for both living and deceased family.
0: This kind of reminds me of Day of the Dead.
1: A lot of similarities. I was thinking that myself.
0: I'm more okay with it because they said there's protections against evil or bad, bad entities. So I'm more mm-hmm. okay with that.
1: What I love about Samhain, uh, the food that was meant for the deceased, it was later given to people who couldn't afford to eat. Oh, I like that. Right? I really like that. So it wasn't like, okay, it feels bad to say like, oh, well, it was just wasted. But you know what I mean? It's like, okay, here, here's this offering. But hey, everything you don't eat, we're going to give to this family that really needs it. Right. Livestock and crops were burned in the bonfire as a sacrifice in hopes of protection from evil spirits. And I also liked this. So the fires in household fireplaces, which was like, I mean, that's literally, you know, back in these days, that's the heart of your home. They were extinguished and they would be relit using this communal bonfire. Tricks and pranks were commonly played and they were blamed on fairies and spirits and Celtic priests or druids they believed the presence of these spirits made it easier to predict the future so around these bonfires they would tell fortunes during the sacrifices this just sounds like a really fun halloween party to me it does so as we know these traditions and rituals have morphed throughout time i'm looking at you christianity by 43 ad rome had conquered a lot of the celtic lands and they started mixing the celtic festival with their own roman festivals specifically mixing Samhain with the roman goddess pomona and pomona was a wood nymph she was the goddess of fruit trees gardens and orchards and she symbolized abundance nurture and the simple pleasure derived from nature now as catholicism spreads time goes on and catholicism spreads they also took a couple pages from these pagan books. May thirteenth, six oh nine. That's the year, six oh nine. Oh shit! Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: I was about to say six oh nine. What day? Like what year? And then you were like, "That's the year."
1: Yeah, I literally wrote that in my notes. That's the year because I had to go back and read it. Like I was because I, I, I copy paste dates. I do not try to retype those. <laughs> but I like skim read. I just read really quick, and I was like, "Wait, what year?" Oh, that is the year. Because America. Yeah. So May 13th, 609, Pope Boniface IV, he, sorry if I said that wrong, uh, he declared November 2nd All Saints Day in a new celebration. This is also known as All Hallows Day, making the day before All Hallows Eve. Later in the 8th century, Pope Gregory third moved All Saints Day to November 1st. As... It's just closer to Sain that way. Sawin was uh, I believe it was originally October thirtieth, thirty first and November first. So he basically moved it to insult Sawin. I don't know. Now, they morphed this ancient ritual into a Christian holiday. And as they did that, they they kept some, you know, they changed some others. They honoring deceased ancestors. They took that, and instead, they would pay homage to Christian martyrs and saints. Instead of having bonfires and feasts, they would give food and drink to the poor, and they would just have general offerings of goodwill, and the evil spirits instead became the spirits of the saints and the martyrs.
0: Is that just, is that how it happens? You just kind of choose what spirits come through based off of your religion?
1: I think so. I don't know. Okay. I'm not religious. I don't know if y'all could tell, um, but I'm not religious, so I'm not really sure. But it it kind of feels a little pick and choosy,
0: yeah. Because now they're just like, no, it's it's the spirits of the saints that
1: are coming through. Yeah, the bad ones stay. The bad ones can't come through. It's like a uh, it's like a dream catcher, a spirit catcher. Yes, the ex- See, exactly. I'm
0: just saying. It seems very. Um... Like, you were like, this seems like a cool tradition. I want it. We're just going to make it more for us.
1: Yeah. Like, in my house, we might just celebrate Samhain. Let's just light a big-ass fire in the backyard, cook a lot of food, and dress up. Are you going to give food to people in need? Oh, absolutely.
0: Okay, just making
1: sure. I'm not going to be able to eat it all. And I don't like leftovers. Well,
0: there's, there's that, but... My point, uh, being is it still feels picky and choosy. Like, "Mm, we didn't like this part of your your pagan tradition. Let me just change it to here. And Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say, there's. I don't think Halloween today has any religious anything associated with it anymore. I'm glad you said that. Not that anyone celebrates.
1: (laughs) Um. Well, this wasn't all. There are more. I have more traditions that have changed and molded. So okay, we'll get into that. Um. Another. Traditional Halloween pastime. When you think of Halloween, what do you think of? Handy. I have that. It comes later. What else? Decoration was. Pumpkins. Yes. Specifically jack-o'-lanterns, right? Yes. Uh, so jack-o'-lanterns, they originated in Ireland. You see that super creepy picture? The very first and the third one? Those are prime examples of original jack-o'-lanterns the first one is actually an ancient jack-o'-lantern it's on oh, i didn't write that down it's on display in a museum somewhere um, Wait, those don't <laughs>
0: pumpkins those one of them says turnip. it
1: bingo that's because that is what they used oh um we changed that <laughs> yeah they originally um they originated in ireland and they used turnips beets and potatoes i can see the potatoes Mm-hmm. In the seven, in 17th century Britain, if you didn't know someone's name, you'd call them Jack. I know you probably knew this because Jack the Ripper. So if Edward was a night watchman and we didn't know Edward's name, he became Jack. Since he was a night watchman, he would be Jack of the Lantern. And then it became Jack-o-lantern. So the creepy guy you were talking about that you thought was the headless horseman, which I don't know why because he has a head, but that's fine. Well, I
0: I only saw, like, a little glimpse of it when I asked. Is that
1: guy with the head, is that the Headless Horseman? Again, I
0: only saw a glimpse of it. I only
1: saw, (laughs) like, the arm, and it looked like he was holding a head. That is, his name is Stingy Jack. Why does that just feel rude? (laughs) Oh, no, just wait until I tell you about Stingy Jack, okay? Let's talk about Stingy Jack. He's a little stingy, if you ask me. At least you're not calling it Stinky (laughs) Jack. He might have been, honestly. (laughs) I mean, it was, it's an 18th century folklore, Irish folklore. He probably stunk. Let's be real. That's just rude. I I think it's just real, though. You don't got to be rude. Well, he was also a blacksmith. Okay. So you know he's hot. He's sweating. And he also, he had two hobbies. Booze and mischief. Mine too. (laughs) So we're going to start calling you Stingy Bryce then. Okay, I'll take it. (laughs) Now, there is a metric ton of versions of the story of Stingy Jack. But basically, in some way, shape, or form, he tricks the devil multiple times. The last time he tricked the devil, he only let him go when the devil promised that when jack died he wouldn't go to hell so the devil's like fine i don't want you anyway you won't leave me the hell alone the devil's like why would i want you here yeah no. you keep trapping me in these situations no i don't want you here okay the question though is if he doesn't go to hell what happens if he's not admit to heaven oh perfect it's like we planned this but we didn't oh. so when jack eventually dies he finds out he can't go to heaven because he was a shitty person So he goes to hell and the devil's like, "Uh, no, no, you can't come here. Yeah, I may be the devil, but I keep my promises, sir. So he can't go to heaven. He can't go to hell. He's forced to wander between the two places for eternity. And for whatever reason, the devil felt bad for him. Maybe he was impressed with his mischievous ways. I don't know. But the devil took pity on him and he gave him a single ember of coal to light his turnip lantern. So that's the picture that you see there is a dead, stingy Jack just wandering forever. And the picture says stingy Jack walks alone, ever searching for a home.
0: Well, Jack, you shouldn't have uh, asked to not go to
1: hell. Yeah, you shouldn't have been a dick, probably.
0: Or that, I mean. I was just saying, go ahead and continue being the dick, but accept that you're going to hell. Amanda's saying, don't be a dick and go to heaven.
1: I mean, do what you want, I guess. (laughs) We've given you two options
0: now. (laughs)
1: So, earlier, uh, when I was asking you, and then I interrupted you, you were going to say trick-or-treating, I think. hmm That's what we're going to talk about now. That's my next bullet here. So, there's, oh my God, there's lots of debate about where trick-or-treating originated, where it come from. It does go back to Samhain. Uh, one theory says that as Samhain began to change with the coming of new religions, instead of leaving food out to placate the souls and the spirits, people started to dress up as these otherworldly beings in exchange for offerings of food and drinks in Scotland or Ireland.
0: So maybe that's one way they gave away like the, the food that they made is if you came to the home dressed up as this otherworldly being, you right. were showing that you were in need. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you just really wanted a good meal for the night.
1: I don't know. Or some booze. Or both. Yeah. I kind of want to be Stingy Jack for Halloween now. Just walk around with a carved turnip.
0: You're not going to be an avocado. You could also be the Kool-Aid man and just have a little brick wall on your stomach. Hold up. Put a pin in that. Uh, That was not my idea. That was my friend Natasha. She did that a couple years ago.
1: Put a pin in it anyway and tell Natasha. She's a genius.
0: Okay, I'll let her know.
1: In Scotland or Ireland... Children would traditionally go guising. And guising is where they would dress up in costumes pretending to be evil spirits and they would go door to door visiting houses. They would be given food, coins, apples, nuts, everything that would probably piss off a child in the America nowadays. And they adjusted this practice from souling. And souling was in popular in medieval Europe. Children and adults from poor families, they would go to local homes and they would recite prayers for the dead on All Souls Day in exchange for food and money. So basically, Ireland and Scotland was like, screw your prayers, give me food. And they dropped the religious practices and replaced them with songs, tricks and jokes. So guising sounds way more fun to me than souling. It does, doesn't it? But I like the word souling more than guising. I do like the word souling. I just don't like the idea of going door to door praying and then someone gives me food for it. It just feels strange.
0: That seems so
1: draining to be like, it, okay, we got to pray for your family. Yeah. Do a prayer. And you're telling me I have to go souling in October. I have to give thanks to everybody in
0: November.
1: November. And I have to go caroling in December. That's a lot of socializing. No, thank you. Mm-mm. Hard pass. Let's just go with the songs and tricks, please. Thanks, but no thanks.
0: So, that American like, trick or treating. But that, that feels like Halloween caroling, songs and tricks.
1: Yeah, I could do that. Oh, okay. Yeah, like if we go door to door and sing, This is Halloween, <laughs> sign me up. Let's go. I would love
0: to see you do that with Annie.
1: I might have to do that
0: with I need Snapchats. She
1: can't talk yet. I, we'll work on it. We'll work on
0: it. Do, time. like, um, one of those those dog buttons, like, for them to speak, but record, like, this is Halloween, this is oh. Halloween, and then they can just press the button, and it's like she's singing.
1: I was like, you want me to send my child around with a dog button? Where is this going? Yes,
0: yeah. so that they can just press it, and it's gonna, I am okay. like pressing it like it's on her chest, but she can just hold it out, and they can press it, and it'll sing.
1: Well, then it'll be even, it'll be, like, less weird to have her on a leash, so, you know what? Maybe I should just dress her up as a dog. Do it. Okay, I bet she'll be pressing that button anyways. Yeah, honestly, yeah, that's a bad idea. I don't want that button. I'm never <laughs> well, going to hear the end of it. You can just break it after Halloween. I, I will, I assure you. Either that, or I'll just toss it, throw it away. I'll give it to somebody in need. Put it up high so that
0: in six years you're like, "What the hell is this?" And then when you click it, it's like, "This is Halloween."
1: That actually—that yeah. sounds like what's going to happen. I'm going to put it in a box somewhere. <laughs> And then we're going to be moving like six, seven years from now. I'm going to be like, oh, it's a memory. Don't touch it. Don't play it anymore. It's still too much. I heard it all night that night. You're going to be like, I'm emotionally and mentally scarred. Yeah. I'm going to take the batteries out and set it on fire. And then we'll keep the ashes. That's what we'll do. And we'll have it in a little urn. Yes. We'll burn it in the Sawan bonfire.
0: Yeah, that's fine. It's fine.
1: We have a plan. American trick-or-treating... I'm wondering if you remember this. Um, American trick-or-treating was said to come from bell-snickling. You covered bell-snickle, right? Did you cover bell No. Nope. <gasps> Have we not covered bell Snickel? Did, Did I, I cover bell-snickle? Oh, so. bell Snickel. Yeah, bell Snickel is like a uh, German folklore. He goes around with Santa Claus and he is much less nice. No, I've covered Krampus. But bell-snickle is
0: on the list that has not been claimed. So we oh. have not covered Bell Snickle.
1: Well, I'm still not going to talk about them, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about Bell Snickling. Okay. We will talk about Bell Snickle. Matter of fact, I'm claiming it now. So Bell Snickling. Bell Snickle is a German American Christmas tradition, and kids would dress up in costumes and go door to door. If their neighbors couldn't identify them, they got food or some kind of other treat. So they are thinking, even though this was more of a Christmas tradition. Some way, somehow, it kind of moved up forward, probably because kids just want to dress up and get treats. I'm down with that. I mean, I get it. Yeah. It eventually moved to Halloween. Even the colors, black and orange, associated with Halloween, those come from Samhain. I'm sorry. Every time I see it, I want to say Samhain. They come from Samhain. Uh, Black represented the death of summer, whereas orange represented the the autumn harvest season. Now, this is one I haven't seen in a while, but I remember doing it as a kid. Did you ever bob for apples?
0: I knew about it, but I don't know that I ever... First of all, if I did, I hated it. I can guarantee I hated it. And I probably only ever did it at school, like, well before COVID when cooties weren't a thing.
1: Yeah, looking back on it now, I'm thinking, like, oh my god, that's disgusting. But I definitely did it as a kid, and I definitely got the apple.
0: I don't think I did. I, I don't like having my face submerged, so I, I'm sure I either tried to pass, or mm-hmm. if I had to do it, I hated every
1: second of it. Oh, I did not enjoy it, but if I had to do it, I was coming back with that apple. Because I'm the same, I don't like my face being submerged. Because older brothers. I, it wasn't even, I just don't like my face being covered. <laughs> Mostly because I can't open
0: my eyes underwater, so that probably causes some additional stress. I'm already blind enough as is, I don't want to close my, he- my eyes and put my head underwater.
1: I was going to ask that. So when, okay, with you needing glasses, when you put your head underwater, if you do open your eyes, is it worse or is it better? Probably a stupid question.
0: But here I am. Um, I mean, it's the same. It's not like, think about when you put your head underwater, does your vision get better or worse? You get water vision.
1: Yeah, mine gets worse. Definitely.
0: Yeah. So mine also doesn't exactly get better. Well, that sucks. I was hoping it kind of would. I don't know why, because. I can't water see has any to do
1: with glasses.
0: I can't <laughs> open my eyes anyways. Like it doesn't matter if it's chlorinated, not chlorinated fresh water. I can't mm-hmm. open my eyes underwater.
1: It freaks me out for some reason. I just don't like the feeling. Like even if it's fresh water, no, that's that's gross. Fish pee in there. People that say they
0: open their eyes where like lakes and stuff, I'm like you're disgusting. First of Why? all, that gotta hurt.
1: Secondly, no. I don't want that in my eyeballs. No. Imagine the bacteria. And then even. What are you trying to see? What are you trying to see? I don't want to see something coming at me in a lake. Exactly. I mean, maybe if I'm wearing goggles, I'm fine. But even at that, I hate wearing goggles. Yeah. I don't like wearing goggles either because you have to suction them to your face so hard in order for them to not leak. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. We're way off topic. Sorry. (laughs) Anyways, back to what we were talking about. Bell snagling. No, bobbing for apples. Bobbing for apples. Um, bobbing for apples and candy apples, they these are both Halloween traditions. I did not know candy apples were, but apparently they are. Um, and with these two, we're doubling back to Pomona. She's, I mentioned earlier, Roman goddess, and she's been associated with and represented by apples. The word or the name Pomona is even said to come from the Latin pomum, which means apple and bobbing for apples or bobbing for nuts, either hazel or chestnuts, which just feels way easier than bobbing for apples first off. Some sources said that this tied back to Sawin and the harvest of apples, but most of them I saw it being tied back to Pomona. And traditionally bobbing for apples was played by young unmarried men and women, and they would take turns trying to bite either an apple on a string or an apple floating in a big bucket or a barrel of water. So they I don't would know which of the for apples. Yeah, I don't know which but, one of those feels more ridiculous. Like chasing around it, I would feel like a goat chasing an apple on a string.
0: But don't people do that with donuts now?
1: Do people do that with donuts <laughs> yes. now? What?
0: Yes, you haven't seen the like tie a donut, which this makes more sense than an apple. They tie a donut to
1: a string, and then you got to eat the donut. Why do I have to do that? Why can't I just have a donut? Because it's a game? I've never seen this game. That feels You've
0: literally so out. messy. You're missing out. I've never done it, but I've seen it. Because I remember doing that in school. I'm pretty sure it was normally towards Halloween time, too. You do that in school? Everyone's just yeah on the same donut? No, no, no. It was different. Like, everyone had their own donut. Okay. And, like, you might have, like, a long stick of some sort holding them that they're tied to. You might have, like, five kids at once or whatever and then those five kids could sit next to each other
1: and go for their own donut. Who is holding the this Who's controlling the donut? Who's holding the stick? I assume the adults in the room. I would hope so because I'm <laughs> smacking people with this donut on a string. <laughs> I'm telling you right now.
0: Oh, they're going to get smacked whether they mean to or not. <laughs> but you haven't seen that?
1: I have never I've never heard of this. That feels disrespectful to donuts everywhere.
0: Donut on a string halloween games it literally came up with a halloween game i'm sorry i missed this tradition with kids standing under the rope tie pieces of ribbon to the donuts one per player and then have uh and then to the rope so that the treats hang slightly above mouth level have players start on the count of three instruct each to eat an entire donut no hands allowed without letting it fall off of the ribbon
1: you have to eat the whole thing without it falling uh-huh I would, I feel like I'd just rather have it on. My, this feels, dif- this feels difficult.
0: My point is, like you said, the apples on the string, and that's what my brain went to because. Because apparently it's a thing. We're still taking those
1: traditions. Amanda just didn't know about that tradition no. with the donut on the strings. Maybe you'll get that one next year. <laughs> I'll forget. Um, it was a bobbing for apples. It was originally a romantic game. Because the first person to bite an apple would be the next one to get married. And then if a woman was able to bite into this apple, then if she took that apple home and put it under her pillow before falling asleep, she was said to dream about her future husband. Oh, ooh la la. Now, candy apples, these originated in 1908. William W. Cobb was experimenting with cinnamon, with red cinnamon candy in Newark, New Jersey. Did not know that New Jersey was the birthplace of candy apples, but here we are. And he originally intended this to be a Christmas candy. And he decided to display this new treat by placing apples on sticks and dipping them into this candy. And then he put the apples in the window of his shop. Well, people come by and instead of wanting the candy, they wanted to buy the apples. So, he started selling the candy apples for five cents each, and they became ridiculously popular. I, part of me doesn't know why, because candy apples are good, but how do, you, how do you eat a candy apple?
0: I don't know that I've ever eaten a candy apple.
1: What about, like, that. a caramel apple? Okay, um, how do you eat that?
0: Personally, if I have to share, we slice that shit up. But if it's just me, you bite into a caramel apple, <gasps> but is it a
1: candied apple? Park, you a psychopath I said if it's just me if it's just me I'm still slicing that thing
0: well depends I'll probably slice it if I'm home but if I'm walking around or it's like a treat and I okay. can't wait I'm eating it
1: yeah if I'm walking around like at a festival or a fair or something yeah I'm gonna I don't have a choice but, but
0: sometimes they offer to slice it for you so if they offer to slice it for me I do have oh, them slice, slice it bitch. normally
1: yes uh, but you were right. Candy apples, they are hard. They have a hard uh, candy coating on them. And they became really popular on the Jersey Shore at carnivals, circuses. And between the early 1900s all the way up to the 1960s and 70s, these were really popular Halloween treats. And the only reason they stopped is because some um, somewhere somebody started spreading rumors from what i found that uh people were hiding razor blades in the fruit and this kind of killed their popularity
0: okay so i have
1: one more candy and i'm going to tell you about it and then i want you to tell me what it is candy corn what the hell bryce (laughs) i didn't even tell you about it yet what the shit was that i'm not stupid i have one more candy and you're going to tell me about it it's candy corn jesus christ yeah it's candy corn (laughs) And no fun Bryce over here. So whatever. This candy maker. At, let me calm down. Hold on. This candy maker at Wonderly Candy Company in Philadelphia. He created another popular Halloween treat that Bryce just could not contain herself. <laughs> They're so saying,
0: gross, too. It's
1: so gross. I'll eat it, but I know. I will eat them, but I don't buy them. If that makes sense. Like if someone's I- like, you want some candy corn? And I'm like. Yeah, I'll take some, but I'm not spending my money to buy them. I'm not eating them. Someone's like, you want candy corn? I'm asking why they hate me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what did I Known do to, to you? Mel Bryce <laughs> candy corn. Got you. Um, he, he, made the, he made candy corn in the 1880s. And it didn't get popular until a different company started mass producing it in 1898. They called it, the, the name of the candy was called Chicken Feed. And its slogan was something worth crowing for. You know, I'll give it to them.
0: I don't know why they changed it to candy corn. It was better. It was so much better as chicken feed.
1: Yeah. I might would buy it as chicken feed. As chicken feed. I would not, but it's so much better. Like, I just imagine it coming like wrapped in plastic, but on the outside. It's like in this little burlap sack with the drawstrings that you pull to cinch it at the top.
0: I mean, back when it was created, I don't imagine it wrapped in plastic. I just imagine in the burlap
1: sack. No, oh, I just mean now. Oh yeah, like nowadays.
0: Oh, I would absolutely buy that. Yeah, I That's wouldn't huge. eat it. I would buy it for decorations. Be like, look at my little, my little decoration here. Don't touch it. It's nasty. <laughs> it's six years old. I don't recommend it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's just for looking. It's like the, uh, it's like the Christmas fruit cake that you put out every year, but nobody ever eats it. I don't put that out every year, but. Oh, no, I don't put one out every year, but that's the... Isn't that the the lore around fruitcake? Is that everybody yeah. just keeps gifting it to other people?
0: Yeah, so that's... But this one <laughs> wouldn't be gifted. It would go back in my storage every year. I'd Ziploc bag it so no animals got into... Probably
1: double, triple Ziploc bag it. Um, it was originally just an autumn candy because of the association with harvest time. But in the 1950s, when trick-or-treating became popular in America, that's when it started becoming associated with Halloween. And that's uh that was Halloween. That's what I got. I'm sorry
0: for ruining candy corn for yeah, you. Yeah, shut up,
1: Bryce. What did you ex everyone was screaming candy corn? I should have said I should have done that one first before candy apples and bobbing for apples and all that other shit. I'm just saying everyone was screaming I would have still guessed candy corn. Everyone write in. Tell me if you knew uh the I didn't even say anything. I'm just like, hey, (laughs) you tell me this candy. Candy corn. (laughs) Because what other candy is associated? Candy, specifically candy, is associated with Halloween. Apparently, uh, candied apples, which... I don't even consider that a candy. I don't even consider that Halloween. Like, I don't... I feel that is like a fall festival thing. I'm just saying... You said Halloween candy, and all of our listeners just
0: screamed candy corn at you. And you just got mad because I'm the one that voiced it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's how this works. Because I can't hear them. You guys, (laughs) email her so that she hears you. She doesn't hear you. She'll read it. (laughs) It's just going to be candy corn in all caps. (laughs) Everyone's just candy corn. 72 font.
0: She manages Twitter, so if you guys, I'm sorry, (laughs) she manages X, so if you guys want to message us on X, she'll see that well before I do. But if you send it anywhere else, I'll still screenshot it and send it to her, so don't worry. Candy corn is something to crow about.
1: No. (laughs) All right, well, that was fun. I like that Halloween traditions. I can't believe we haven't done that yet. It's been, what, two years now? Yeah, what what have we done the past two Halloweens?
0: I don't feel like last year we did very well at holidays. We're just barely getting better at holidays. Yeah. Let's be honest. Because our very first episode, we did um, Anatoly Moscovin and the Crichton Leprechaun. Mm-hmm. So that was just like our shindig kickoff. And then the year after we did, was that really a year ago? What? When I covered Elementals and you covered the Watcher House damn that was a year ago that was a year ago whoa that doesn't feel like it was a year ago town flies when you're talking about murder time sure does some <laughs> all right well thank you all for listening to hell on heels podcast to see pictures from this episode you can follow us on instagram hell on heels podcast x formerly twitter at hell on heels pod or facebook hell on heels podcast you can find us on Linktree by typing in hell on heels podcast if you want to support us please like review rate share and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms If you want to take your support one step further so we can create more content for you, you can donate through Patreon. We're working to release specials for our patrons. If you have your own true crime or paranormal story suggestions or just words of encouragement, please email us at HelenHalesPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell your friends to listen with you as well. Bye. Bye.